9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Go Plug Yourself podcast. Our guest this week is Tim Riel as we creep ever closer to the one year anniversary of the COVID-19 lockdown here in Canada. Uh, As we do, we continue to try to put our spotlight on as many uh, creative, funny people as we can who are finding ways to be creative and funny uh, during this lockdown without, you know, actually having venues and audiences. Uh, Tim is one of those funny people and he's decided to go on Twitch and play Codenames with a bunch of other funny people. Uh, if you're not familiar with Codenames, it's a great game that uh, was really popular uh, with Sarah and I back when we used to be able to, you know, have parties. We would love to play it with our friends. Uh, but thankfully, it's also extremely easy to play online, which Tim and his rotating cast of funny people have taken full advantage of. Uh, you can head over to twitch.tv slash Tim underscore Riel. Uh, so that's twitch.tv slash Tim underscore Riel, R-I-E-L, every Monday and Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time to catch Codenames Live uh, or check out the channel to watch replays of previous shows uh if you like that show i guess follow it over on twitch if you like this show uh, subscribe on your favorite podcasting uh, application wherever you get your podcasts and uh, maybe leave a comment or do that thing uh, but also tell people about the show this is a locally run independent podcast uh so word of mouth is really the only way anyone's ever going to find out about it so use your mouth or your fingers on the keyboard thank you everybody go plug yourself Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, it's time for another Go Plug Yourself podcast. I found uh, I found my old, my like original Twitter handle from like before I was in comedy. And it was called Buddha six two six three. I found it on the Twitter, and nice. I went through it. I went through it to see, like, oh man, are there any bad tweets? And it's just me complaining about the Red Sox <laughs> and talking about how I like my steak done. And I'm like, fuck, thank God, buddy. <laughs> what is the uh, what was the significance of was it six two six six? Six two six three. I miss. I think was one of my old phone numbers. Like last four digits, and I was okay. really, I was really creative when I was uh, <laughs> just leaving high school. I feel um, that anyone, okay. anyone that threw numbers into their handle, I was always like, I was like, mm, I respect you a little less. I'm like, fine, figure out something that you don't need to throw numbers in, <laughs> like to make like, your to make your handle work or whatever. These are some of my tweets from 2000, July 2009. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Red Sox better win tonight. Damn the Dodgers! A lot of likes, a lot of retweets on that commentary. One. Yeah. Damn the Dodgers are goody. <laughs> they sure are. Watching Hell's Kitchen, Ramsey made a bison penis comment. Ha, lol. <laughs> the only one that was a quasi-racist, maybe. Oh no. Was oh. got lost in Montreal North. Always fun, but that's more to do with the Italians than anything else. Right. Uh, uh what else? Uh, just ate none of the lasagna. Really full. Uh, morning, all nice, day out, heading to Montreal North, this tweeting, pretty addictive. <laughs> By the way, these are all the tweets from his first five minutes. Yeah, I hate Brett Favre, I really do. <laughs> Wait, so so 2009 is 12 years ago? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, making you a 18? 18, 17, 18, 18, 19, 19 ish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
That's that's delightful. I, I want to go further down that trip, down we memory could. lane. Let's first bring in our guest, though. Um, very funny uh, comedian in normal comedian times, but I think one of the better adapters to online comedy life. Tim Riel is here, uh, Ottawa uh, comic yeah. extraordinaire, and the host of Code Names, which is a very fun show that I was a part of, I believe last week. Tim, I don't know when this is coming out. Yeah, Thursday. it was. Uh, I don't, yeah, week. I don't know when you guys are releasing this, but uh, you were a guest on February twenty second. Yep, with uh, Joey Elias, uh, Lawrence Korber, and uh, Reese Papa Smoke Turner. Yeah. Yeah. Who won? Yeah. It was very good. Nice to be here. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a blasty blast. Who won? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. That's not important. Yeah. We won. <laughs> Reese and I won one game, and they can't take that away from us. <laughs> Even Codenames if we is... may have cheated. How yeah, well, cheated? yeah, again. Uh, the, or you would, the, would you, like, text them the, the, the where the things were? No, Tim would text us to shut the fuck up while other people... Oh, are. I, I did have to do that. I did have... There's a... Yeah, because uh, <laughs> there were a couple people who were steamrolling the other couple of people. And uh, we try we try to keep uh, keep screen time fair. Uh, Reese and Lawrence are very competitive. Uh, yeah. Chris and Joey uh, care more about entertaining the audience, and I think oh. that's where we landed on. Uh, we always get it's a it's a very very fun show. I yeah I I'm answering questions. I'm sure you guys are gonna <laughs> ask me in like 20 minutes. But go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I was gonna say this about about code names is that like it. I watched the I watched most of the Montreal episode because I was like, all right, I'm going to watch my boys. Although we, we talked about before recording this. It wasn't a real Montreal episode because Reese doesn't live in Montreal. Reese doesn't live in Montreal. Yeah, Tim didn't know that, though. So. Yeah. When he, <laughs> when Otherwise, he, he wouldn't have booked Tim. He wouldn't have booked him. <clears throat> put, in, put in another Montreal comic. But um, when I when I play Code Names, the we always have to like I think the rule that we try to get that we get the most antsy about is where I get mad at the other spy master, I think is the proper term. The spy master gives the clues. Is that right? Yeah. That the uh, do you want me, uh, it, it, will, will the rest of this uh, show go easier if I explain what Codenames yes. Live is? Yes, yes. yes. Sure. <laughs> fine. Let's I was just going to get right into like individual yeah. moments of Codenames games. But fine, Tim, you're a professional. Yeah. Let's just start. Let's just start with the basics so people know exactly what's going on. Codenames Live uh, is the show that I host. It's based on a, a board game that you play. And uh, a bunch of other people have played. It's amazing. It's called Code Names, and uh, yeah. So you have two teams. Uh, I like to play uh, two versus two, but you can play with as many people as you want. And uh, one, uh, both teams uh, assign somebody that is called the Spy Master, and they know what all uh, what cards belong to them. Because when you play Code Names, there's 25 cards on the table, and they all have uh, a single word on them. And uh, the Spy Masters are trying to get the operatives to pick specific words on the grid. And so only the spy masters know which cards belong to which team and the operatives don't. And so then the spy master will give a single word clue uh, and uh, tell their operatives how many cards match that clue. So if they wanted them to pick uh, uh, cat, dog, and mouse, then they would say animals three, and it lets their operatives know that three cards relate to the word animal. The problem is the cards are never that easy to connect. They're very, very uh, weird and different. And uh, oh, and so, 
<laughs> they're very difficult to to make connections with. So a clue like Animals Three would more likely be for like uh, Squid, Phoenix, and Drummer because a, a squid's an animal, and a Phoenix is a city, but it's also a mythological animal. And uh, the Drummer from the Muppet Show was named Animal, and so yeah. it's that type of stuff you got to do to connect as many cards as possible. And uh, yeah, so when uh, so when we do the show, we have comedians playing that game. Yeah, and obviously, judging by my tweets, my knowledge is limited to weird baseball tidbits and uh, Hell's Kitchen reruns. Um, yes. So when we started getting into, like, hard thing, Reese got mad at me a couple times. I got mad at Reese a couple times. Uh, I jumped a gun, Keith, at one point, and I thought I was going to do one of these cool tricks that Tim taught us about how you could take your answer – uh, you can take your turn and answer things that you didn't answer before. Yeah. And I thought I knew it. And then it turns out I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. And that's how yeah. that goes. Yeah. We like, we, we played a bunch and like we, we've occasionally with the pool of questions towards the last one, you're just like, you're like helicopter six, you know what to do, Chris. <laughs> and you're like, you're just like pointing like Parthenon or whatever. And you're just sort of like, yeah, this is the accumulation of clues from the entire game comes together. <laughs> but yeah, but, um, <clears throat> One thing I obviously noticed about watching the show is that you you obviously play fast and loose with like table talk, right? Where <laughs> yes, well, I, <laughs> we're doing an entertainment show. Exactly, that's it. It's a, it's a comedy show. This is I don't think it would hold up at the uh, competitive board uh, code names. <laughs> is there festival a competitive code names? I don't know. Oh, is there's there? you know no, there's there's an yeah, there's absolutely yeah. a very a competitive league. community. Oh, there is a hundred percent, and uh, it's taken very seriously. Did you bail that shit or what? <laughs> Sorry? Do I really can bet on that shit? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Of course you can. You can bet on anything. What are you talking about? I love uh, yeah, the world. I love the world we live in now. It's highly competitive, and it's my favorite thing about the game. I just the reason that I like the game show. It's uh, it's uh like I love shows like Match Game, but the underlying game isn't very good. It doesn't have a lot of bones to it. It's like uh, yeah, like Hollywood Squares this... is tic tac toe. Let's, let's get real, right? Like yeah, with some with some <laughs> weird know, trivia. Just... Uh, it's like, uh, do you know this trivia that Whoopi Goldberg said at you? Uh, like uh, the, the bones of the game are there. Like if you take away the celebrity part of it, you're not going to watch the show. But yeah. with code names, there's a real game there. Like mm -hmm. it's and there's strategy and skill. And when people play it well, it's really cool to watch. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's why I like the game so much. So, yeah, the competitive aspect of it is insane. Like some people get really, really, uh, really upset. But that's the disclaimer we have before the show. We're like, look, a lot of people play this game and uh, some people didn't like it or they're used to sitting at the table quietly staring at the cards, trying to figure out the answers. Uh, and that's not how we play. We play uh, code names in a way that everybody's having a good time. Skilled players can uh, can do well, but you need to be laughing and yelling and uh, and and uh, angry at each other uh, in a fun way. Or or why why do this? If you're not having fun with your friends, then go home. Well, it's also it's also one of those things I think that yeah, you kind of tapped into on the show that I think a lot of like successful Twitch streamers did in general, which is talking through the play. Right. Which is like like when you watch any Twitch streams of video games, uh, I personally, when I play video games, like sit there in the dark by myself, like under a blanket and I say nothing and I just zone out for a couple hours. But if you watch a Twitch stream, they're like, oh, I'm going to go over to this room and I'm going to open that door. What's behind there? Oh, a couple good items. Let's go into the inventory and check it out. And I'm like, how do these people keep that up? Because they do that for like eight hours of streaming and it blows my mind. I don't have that 
despite my level of talkativeness, I like to talk to people. Whereas yeah, I, I think I, I feel like you could prove this theory wrong while hosting your own Twitch stream of eight hours long, and you could pro- you, probably you I could still probably figure out that you can too talk for eight hours straight. <laughs> Who <would have> thought? <laughs> Episode 227 of this podcast and 230 of the other one. Maybe I do have uh, a couple hours of talking about a video game in me. But yeah, but you obviously it makes for it. And the reason they do that is the same reason you guys do it is because it makes for a more entertaining experience. And obviously when you're when you're going through the thought process of trying to link the words together, you're a bunch of comedians. You're going to be kind of coming up with jokes and funniness and whatever like we watched uh, i watched a little bit of the one with sandiford and and karen right like yeah. just just watching them do almost anything together like are they're like so in sync and are playing off each other that you're like yeah i'm just talk they're talking about circles and i'm like yay just clapping along you know like <laughs> while, they're, while they're literally talking about nothing so i think that that's obviously like you said it's not the most competitive game of code names you've ever seen in your life but well, you're... some of them are, but uh, yeah, but uh, the Monday night is the new class. And uh, for the most part, it's people who've never played before. So you're not going to see any high level strategy on a Monday night show. Have you ever and played so you do Monday night and you do what other night? Uh, Thursday night is uh, is just Codenames Live. So uh, there's Codenames Live, the new class, which is on Mondays. And then there's just straight up Codenames Live, which we have with the main cast. And so it's uh, the same people who play. Uh, it's it's my best friends, the people that I want to hang out with uh, week in and week out. And they play every Thursday uh, for season two. We padded it out with two more members of the main cast because uh, originally it was just for uh, it was just me hosting four other people. And uh, if anybody got, had a gig or couldn't be on the show, then we were uh, trying to figure out who was going to play Thursday. And so we uh, we bumped it up. So now we have six official cast uh, main cast members with uh, uh, Elspeth Wright and Christina Muehlberger and Logan Avery Cooper and Jason Hattrick and Brendan McKeegan and Tavis Mapleston. So uh, they play every week. Uh, well, four of them play every week uh, on a rotation. And uh, that's where you can see some of uh, – they know the rules. They, they like uh, this show that's happening uh, th- this week will be the uh, I think it's the 39th or 40th main cast episode. And so uh, like they've they know how to play. They know all the rules. They know all the how to get around them. Uh, and so uh, you'll you'll see you'll see a different type of game on a Thursday night show than you will on a Monday night show. I think what well, Tim is trying to say is that Elspeth is much better at code names than you are, Chris. I mean, Elspeth? I could have, I could have believed that without him having <laughs> yeah. said that. Elspeth won the uh, the uh, the the um, Christmas our Christmas tournament. Uh, so Elspeth uh, is one of the newer main cast members. Uh, she joined for season two, uh, and after we wrapped season one, there we took a month off and uh, just to keep uh, because Twitch is fickle. If uh, if you disappear from Twitch for too long, people forget you exist and they've moved on. And so uh, we w- we need to take a month off because uh, obviously it was Christmas. I wasn't going to force anybody to play games. But uh, I sent out a call to people who had played in the first season because I think we had 79 different uh, entertainers uh, be, uh, play uh, Codenames in season one. So uh, we have a private group on uh, Facebook and uh, and uh, I just go in there and I say, who's available these seven days? This is the format of the tournament. Who would like to be a team captain? And uh, and Elspeth had been in season one and her and Erica uh, went came into the tournament and won the tournament. Uh, so, yeah, Elspeth. Uh, all that to say, Elspeth is really good at the game. OK, but when 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 can Chris start betting on Elspeth? 
where he's like, I want to yeah, put money gonna be on a, It's going to be a, a, we're gonna, it's gonna be a, a spin-off Twitch feed. Betting uh, <laughs> on code names, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be me hosting a panel uh, where we talk about the lines. We talk about uh, betting odd favorites. Uh, we get some prop bets on there for code names. We'll do a pre- and post-game show. Tim, I think this is something we can really talk about. That would be hilarious. I would love to have a pre- and post-game show stream somewhere. Uh, just Because uh, that's the other thing. Like, Chris, you, you were on the show, so you understand that. I come from the TV world, and so uh, I, I try to run it like a TV show, which means uh, it, uh, the 8 o'clock start time is an 8 o'clock start time. Like at 8 p.m., the intro rolls. So it's like this, it's like if you were sitting uh, watching NBC, uh, which makes it perfect for Chris's pre- and post-game show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he knows exactly t- when we're going live. Countdown, we'll do a 7.30. <laughs> we'll get like Renault Lafoy in for like an in-between-the-benches thing. We'll, we'll, we'll really do a it A lot up. of people have asked me to uh, to, to broadcast uh, that uh, that half an hour before the show where, uh, where I do the setup of the show. And uh, I, I, I've never done it because I'm like, we say a lot of really – terrible things in the in that <laughs> yes and, um, and as opposed to uh, last monday night where the uh words of god were said between eight and ten o'clock on your stream <laughs> oh yeah all of them uh we're, it's it's awful uh, and that's yeah we're, we're sponsored by cge which uh sometimes gets us in a bit of trouble the channel has a warning on it that says it's 18 and over but our sponsor the creators of the game uh they're a family they're a family business they uh they sell board games to families Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, we're we're slightly uh, off brand uh, in our uh, humor type, and so uh, it's it's always interesting. It's it's a nice thing to balance. I feel that there's, and I mean, since you just said that they're a family company, they would never do this. But immediately, as you were discussing this, and we were talking about the uh, the choir boys of Montreal on the episode two weeks ago, <laughs> I was immediately I was like, oh man, they should make dirty code names. It exists. It's called Codenames Undercover. It's not made by CGE. Uh, They licensed out the Codenames uh, brand to another company. And uh, yeah, there is a dirty Codenames. It's really hard to play because when all the words are dirty, then how do you differentiate between them? That, that, I think that Dirty Codenames is probably, they, they probably messed it up. What they probably should have done is just not necessarily had like foul words, some some cuss words, but then just like other more like adult stuff, like weird 80s stuff, like just like a weird adult version of it that wasn't just dirty you know like like where you have i think what would have been even funnier is labeling it the dirty version and saying this is the dirty x-rated hardcore version of it and then not change any of the cards (laughs) you're just (laughs) just have just have just have the psychology of it where you're like oh sexy moscow (laughs) mud ooh, that's fun too yeah have you ever played the uh the picture Piction one, yeah, that's words. The, the, the picture, the picture the, yeah, yeah. I've played, uh, I've played all the versions. That one's it. a nightmare. Like it is. <laughs> it's a, it's a bit harder to play. Uh, but it's per. Uh, I mean, you guys are in Montreal, and uh, uh my, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, uh, my family's French. I'm, uh, mm-hmm. we're a bilingual family, and so uh, everybody we know is either English or French. And uh, Codenames Pictures is the best way to play with people who mm-hmm. uh, aren't fluent in whatever language you're playing in. So when some of you are bilingual French first and some of you are bilingual English first, Pictures works the best because uh, mm-hmm. you don't need to read words at all. So yeah, the pictures, by the way, Chris, are these like abstract nightmares where it'll be like a cat riding a, an old timey bicycle, but the bicycle's wheel is a tooth or something. And you're like, that's just one of the pictures. 
and you're like, cool. I, I was gotta... gonna, I was gonna say pictures is uh probably the best way to play with most uh, any uh, open mic comedians across the country. You know, <laughs> it's probably better than using the big words. Uh, just <laughs> if by the way, there three, are no wanna... big words in code names. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Fucking uh, googling he, Tim, Tim yelling at me to stay on frame. I'm like, I'm looking up words, Tim. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, you had a weird setup for the show. Yeah. I one of the other things I wanted to ask about. <laughs> uh, codenames, like you said, you said you've had this idea kicking around for three, four years. Which I mean, yeah. assume presumably then you've been playing codenames for a while. But is that is that your? Uh, are you a yeah. are you a board gamer? Or was I'm a just fucking board that you... game nerd. No, no, just around the corner over here is my collection. Uh, I, I called it down to the ones I absolutely need to have. Uh, and so now I only have 173 board games. Uh, I used to, at, at the most, at one time I ever owned was 560-ish. Uh, but in total, I've owned over 1,200 board games uh, in the, in my board gaming career, and uh, no, I, I, I fucking love board games. They're, What's uh, your they're, favorite board game? Uh, well, that's like asking a, a film critic what his favorite film is, or, or yeah, a music guy easy. what his Godfather. favorite artist is, and it's like, no, no, there's there's a bunch of them, but uh, it depends uh, it depends on the situation and who I'm with. But uh, uh, the short answer is uh, I'm a big fan of a game called Viticulture and another one called uh, The Gallerist. And uh, there's a game called Castles of Burgundy that I will never say no to. But there you go. Uh, it also depends on who I'm playing with. Like if Jason yeah, I mean, Hattrick is over, then we play. There's some heavy, uh, amazing, fun games that we'll play. But if you came over, we w- there's games that I would play that are very fun that uh, that aren't on the same list as when Jason's over. Yeah, like oh, we had the. Uh, oh, okay. Okay, see how it is. Okay. Okay, yeah. I, can't play, I can't play Jason games. We're not gonna. Okay. We're not. We're gonna. We're, you know, Chris is more uh, ticket to ride. A little less Twilight Imperium. You know, like that's. I've that's, actually that's... had people. Uh, see, that's the thing. I, we, I use. Uh, so the way that I do board games, I never ask anybody to play board games. Uh, I never invite people over specifically for board games that aren't already into board games. Uh, but what we, what I used to do was I used to have big house parties. And uh, we would have a beer pong set up in the basement. We'd have Guitar Hero set up. We'd have uh, uh, music playing upstairs. Uh, the patio would be open. The pool would be open. Remember parties? And, uh, yeah, parties were dope. And uh, and the board game room would be open. And so uh, people would come over. And if people wanted to play uh, a board game, we'd play something fun like Telestrations or Werewolf or something like that. And uh or we'd probably, we most of the time just played beer pong and got drunk. And we were just there to hang out with each other. But sometimes we'd invite everybody and they'd invite their friends. So it'd be 20, 30 people over. And some people are going to walk through the board game room. Mm-hmm. And they're going to look at the board games and they're going to be like, oh, this looks interesting. And so anybody who showed any kind of interest, uh, we'd have a specific board game night where people who wanted to play board games would come over. And then, uh, and then they would just choose what board games to play. And so... Uh, because there's nothing worse than trying to get people to play a board game when they just want to hang out with people and have a con- it's like I came over to hang out with my friends and I don't need to play this board game to do that and this board game will get in the way of me having a good time and so if you force somebody to sit down then they're going to be like ticket to ride why are there so many rules and it's like this is literally the easiest game I have uh, <laughs> I cannot find a game with less rules for you uh, and uh, I mean, code is pretty. Is pretty. I'm good, guessing you don't right? have we, we like, had cards the... against humanity or any of that shit. Then, of yeah. course, I have cards against humanity. I got the big black box. I got almost every yeah. card ever made for it. I'm not yeah. an elitist. 
I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, this is stupid. Uh, Like, a lot of our comic friends don't like Cards Against Humanity, and they're like, oh, it's lazy and cheap. I'm like, yeah, sometimes it's fun to be lazy and cheap. There's a reason I laugh at puns. I don't think puns are good comedy, but I still find them funny. And so uh, I'm not going to do puns, but I'm definitely going to enjoy them. A lot of our comic friends also hate the face they see in the mirror every morning. So... um, (laughs) This helps with that bitterness, and the bitterness and spite fuels them. And, uh, you know, they make, uh, they're some of the greatest auteurs of a generation. Uh, yeah. I, I was going to say that we had the, we had the two of the guys from uh, Montreal uh, board game publishing house, uh, Scorpion Masque, on. They oh, did, uh, yeah. Yeah. I have a yeah, it was really dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. And their, and their whole uh, deal is essentially they were like, we want to, like, publish games that you can explain the rules in about two minutes yeah. and and then you can bust out after dinner if people are in the mood for it <laughs> you know and they were just sort of like that that's one of their like guiding forces as a company is they were like it shouldn't take less than five minutes to explain one of our games they're like, and, they're, and they're like and that's not yeah exactly that there yeah, shouldn't take more but Tim, and, you want to hear that's the not pitch to, well, what's your what you want to you want to pitch a board asked, game they, they asked me to pitch a board game to them and this is my let's pitch and tim i want to Want to hear it? Okay. It's Risk, uh-huh. right? Right? Set in the Sopranos universe. Sure. But it's not just the skin. It's not just like a like a Sopranos Risk. It's not just like one of those Monopoly situations. It's another game. Yeah. That has yeah, risk yeah, like yeah, yeah. it has risk like features. But and it's the not map just like, is not just a like... map of Jersey. It's just a map of Jersey. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. I'm just going to congratulate you on uh, that. Sounds really amazing, and we will uh, just pass silently by the fact that three or four of that game exists already. Damn it. What are you talking about? Damn it. I have, I have one. It's called uh, Nothing Personal, uh, and it's, uh, it's a little bit like that. It's uh, gangsters, and uh, there's a lot of uh, shooting each other and uh, trying to get control over uh, different uh, things. And but is it officially really licensed by HBO? It's not officially licensed by HBO. That's the money. Uh, but yeah, uh, there yeah, is yeah. Uh, there is one that got picked up, The Godfather. So Simon, a uh, cool mini or not games, uh, put out a Godfather board game. Is that That's dope. Yeah. No, it's. I mean, I, it's not the type of game that I like. Uh, the, uh, the 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 game I have called Nothing Personal. Uh, when it comes to gangsters, I, I like the way they do it. So that's my favorite of that type of game. Cool. You know, what's funny is that everyone I pitch this to and I pitch it to other people. That's not a board game enthusiast loves the idea. Everyone I've pitched this idea to who is a board game enthusiast has given me the same general reactions like, that's great, Chris. Really cool idea. What a cool idea. You should definitely keep at it there, champ. Definitely develop this game, buddy. So I know where my demo is and it's uh, fools. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, you want to make a quick buck, you slap Sopranos on Monopoly like every other licensing brand, and then you're just, that's. Yeah, Sopranos Monopoly. Monopoly must. They must already have a Sopranos Monopoly. That's got to exist. Want, they have an everything Monopoly. I got it. But uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I own no, the. I, uh, I own the one with the Montreal as the uh, boardwalk. Uh, yeah, the Canada one. Yeah. Oh, there is a Sopranos Monopoly. Holy shit! There you go. Something in the. No, nope, never mind. It's, it's Sopranos trivia game, which I I kind of want to buy right now. Trivial Pursuit, <laughs> the Sopranos Impulse, edition. Impulse purchase. It's, uh, it's really, speaking of terrible trivials pursuits, I saw it the other day. There's a 
it's 80s trivia, but then it's mm-hmm. and it's a I think it's official trivia pursuit, but it's like 80s trivia skinned under Stranger Things. Like I I guess they just reskinned the 80s oh, they just trivial put a new pursuit. cover on the 80s trivial pursuit. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And and, and, and like and just put in better fonts and stuff like that. And they're like, it's like what the Stranger Things kids are playing. I was like, does this have nothing to do with Stranger Things? Like, it's just the 80s. Let's be honest. If Stranger Things hadn't been as big as it was, that that version would have been the Ready Player One version of Trivial Pursuit. Because uh, that that whole period of, uh, of entertainment was all this uh, 80s nostalgia real quick. So like Ready Player One and Stranger Things, uh, they all hit at the same time. Yeah. Everyone loved, everyone loved the 80s. Chris, you're now, looking at something. <laughs> some fun, some fun special editions of Monopoly. There's a World War II special edition of Monopoly. Oh, that's nice. Tag, God, tagline is we're all this. in this together. <laughs> we're all in this together. There's the uh, 60th anniversary edition that came out in 1995. There is the Olympic Games from 1996. I had that the one. Atlanta. That's the big gold box, right? Yeah. The Atlanta one. There's this one shocked me, and this was just proof of Warner Brothers throwing money around in the late '90s. A Batman and Robin collector's edition, uh, Batman uh, of Monopoly. Of the movie, like uh, from the film Batman and Robin, like the, the George Clooney Batman and Robin. Yep. Um, a NASCAR edition that came out in '97. Alaska edition. Uh, Pokemon. Uh, every city edition. has its own. Ottawa has. Uh, there's Ottawa Opoly, Montreal Opoly. There's. They all have it. Uh, 2000 Millennium Edition that comes in a silver box. Uh, the Astronomy Edition, the I Love Lucy's Collectors Edition. Yeah, this is uh, going to be an hour. I, this is this is going to be longer. No, no, than no I'm almost done. I'm just, I, I was just going <laughs> to ask. I'm like, uh, when you edit this later, do you already have a theme song for the Chris reads a Wikipedia page uh, <laughs> segment of the show? Page. It's Hellenair.com. <laughs> Okay, I went to oh, real that's what you could call the, the, the this segment could absolutely be called Hell and Air. Yeah, oh, there's a 007 one too. No. <laughs> there's a everything one. It's monopoly. There is. That, that's always one of the things. Like, um, I do follow like a number of like I guess like board game Instagram accounts and stuff, and people mm-hmm. are like showing what games they play. And obviously, like the very cool thing if you're a, a board game like live streamer or internet personality is to obviously record in front of your wall of board games. And I'm like, inevitably you see the like five or six copies of monopolies and you're like, why? I'm like, 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 (laughs) and again, not that it's necessarily an awful game, but I'm like, why is it a game that you own five times? And then I inevitably think about the fact that I'm like, Oh, someone's like, you like board games. Here's a monopoly. And I was like, those are all presents. Everyone gets, Ten copies of Monopoly because their grandmother knows they like board games. Yeah, so my my collection has been cultivated and culled to uh, to a, within an inch of its life, and so uh, as as much as I'm not an elitist, uh, I do not have a copy of Monopoly. I don't see a reason to have it in my house. It won't be a, a choice I make when I have all yeah. these other cool games to play. That's uh, Chris, you want to uh, you want to kick this off? Wrap it up with. Five questions, buddy. Thank you. Yo, look at time hey. has flown. Uh, Tim, we do this really original thing on this show. Uh, it's Got I don't think many podcasts. Time. I don't think many podcasts are doing it. But we do this thing at the end of the podcast with the guest. We ask them five questions. Um, and I know fucking really original idea, but it is because we get three questions that we ask all of our guests. 
-hmm. then do a fourth question, which is from our previous guest, which is one of your original main cast members, excuse me, Elspeth Wright. And then we do, you ask the next guest without knowing who it is, a question that you want answered, which we will also answer on this podcast. Yeah. The fifth question is what question would you like to ask our next guest? That's the, I think I said that. That's cool. I I like that. I just yeah. put it out together. But I'm just saying, I like to I like to reiterate that you should have that in your mind while you answer the other questions so that you don't kill a bunch of time being like, oh, crap, now i got to come up with a question, you know? Yes. You want so to, uh, I will – you start us off, Keith. All right. Uh, Tim, what do your thoughts sound like? Oh, that's an excellent question. They sound like they, they – uh, it's literally uh, – I can't tell the difference between – uh, thinking my thoughts or speaking out loud. So what you're hearing is what I hear when I think. Uh, mm. And uh, they are in English unless I am thinking about uh, something specifically in French and then I think in French. Hmm. So it's like it's, it's basically just like a running running monologue. Like yeah, I, thought, like, it's it's 100 percent an inner monologue. Yeah, it's not uh, it's, it's 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 there's no there's no weird senses. There's no uh, there's no nuance to it. It's me talking. Sometimes I wake up at night and uh, start. Uh, you know, thinking in Russian, and I'm like, well, you know, I always want to be a linguistics major. Um, <laughs> uh, that's more of a shot at me than it is anybody else on the show. Uh, number two, what was your favorite thing to eat as a child? Spaghetti. It was always spaghetti. Spaghetti with meat sauce. Uh, to the point where my parents, uh, we went on a vacation to the Canary Islands. We were there for two weeks. And uh, I ate spaghetti every night of uh, my vacation in the Canary Islands uh, to the point where uh, I didn't have to order it anymore. We'd show up at the restaurant and they would just bring me spaghetti. Uh, Spaghetti was amazing. I I still like spaghetti now, but because I'm uh, no longer an athlete or healthy in any way, uh, spaghetti makes me feel sad and angry at myself. So I don't eat it uh, nearly as much as I used to. I have a very important question. First of all, you do, do not repeat that around Erica or any other Italian because we'll tell you about the benefits of true spaghetti. Uh, no, but, but it's, it's – at, it's, I don't know if it's because I've uh, – if there's a, if I'm having a health issue with it or just because I got as big as I did or uh, – because I, I have trouble eating at all now because uh, I feel uncomfortable most of the time. But eating spaghetti uh, – eating pasta uh, or, or even breads uh, – uh, not it's not just it makes me feel lethargic, but I uh, it, it I I it makes me feel like irritable and uh, uh, like uh, I don't feel good. It's like uh, it's like I got hit by a truck every time I do carbs now. I see that makes sense. So I was going to say, if your listeners is a doctor uh, and can uh, and it's like, oh, there's some red flags. You should definitely uh, get your appendix out or something. Then, uh, then write me. Uh, you can find me at uh, <laughs> at uh, twitch.tv slash tim underscore real. <laughs> Tell me, well, I'm dying. Say- Suddenly, Thursday like Thursday night's episode has a lot of doctors being like, oh my god, Tim, you need to listen to me right now. <clears throat> I was gonna the um, I was gonna say before it was. Uh, Erica and I, Erica Tadeo, who's been on your show as well. Um, the other person who won the uh, Christmas uh, tournament. Boom, boom, boom. Live Christmas bash. We both uh, will send, sometimes like you know message each other and get mad at people for not mixing the pasta with the sauce before they you know present it or eat it. It's a real pet peeve of ours, and we are trying to cleanse the world of this uh, horrible, horrible uh, um, decision by the English. 
really. I'm going to defend uh, the English and everybody else uh, because no. I don't like a my... pre-mixed pasta. And here's why. Uh, everybody I know who pre-mixes their pasta uh, doesn't like sauce enough for my tastes. Uh, I like to do my own because I like a lot of pasta, but it also needs to have a shit ton of sauce. I don't want it to be, oh, enough to turn it red. No, no. I want it enough that sometimes there's no pasta in my bite. That's, uh, That's It fair. needs to be overloaded with sauce, and people and most people don't like that. I am a sauce man. Chris, you know what I'm talking about. We're big boys. We, the reason we're big boys is because every sandwich has three condiments on it. Everything we have has extra sauce. There's a, nobody's having like a pizza with a, with a little bit of a, a with a little bit of the red sauce. It's like no, no. I need triple the sauce. Everything I have. Put sauce on it. You can I'll give me a specialty burger. I will put ketchup, mustard, relish, and mayo on it. It doesn't matter if it's blue cheese, uh, if it's blue cheese and arugula, or if it's a Swiss and mushroom. I have to put all the rest of the sauces on there because that's what makes me happy. I get it, and I'm not trying to steal your happiness, and I don't disagree with you about the burger. But what I will fucking tell you, Tim, what I will say yeah. is that you can get just as much sauce by mixing the pasta with the sauce. Okay, white pasta is a sin. That's not how Jesus wanted it. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Keith. I mean, okay, so I might know, we might know the answer already. Uh, question number three is: What is the best or worst thing about growing up? And I, I I'm gonna sh- shout out there that maybe the best thing is eating spaghetti uh, 14 nights On in vacation. the Canary Islands. <laughs> uh, no, uh, the, the best thing. Uh, no, that uh, for me the best thing uh, about my childhood. Uh, I, I'm from a military family, and so we moved around a lot. And uh, so the thing I liked the most was uh, I think uh, there was like a little bit of guilt uh, with my parents that we moved around so much. Uh, that uh, they went out of their way to make sure that I uh, was in activities and did things and was interested. Uh, and so uh, I was reading from an early age. I uh, played hockey from a really early age. Uh, I, uh, I swam from an early age. I was, they put me into situations where I was surrounded by a lot of people and I never felt lonely or alone. Uh, and so it was, uh, even if we moved to a new place, uh, I was thrown into something where I was uh, allowed to excel. And by excelling, you became one of the cool kids because you were good at the thing. And, uh, and my parents instilled that in me where it's like, if you're going to do something, be, be the best at it. And, uh, and that in turn uh, made it so that when I did something, people wanted to, to know who this new kid was. Cause, uh, first of all, I've got amazing blue eyes. I was very attractive as a child. And, uh, oh, still uh are. but I was also, but I was also, I was also good at things. Uh, and so people wanted to be my friend. So I was, uh, never really uh, lonely. And the reason I bring that up is, uh, that's also the worst part about, uh, my child was because of that I have uh, I have real issues making long-term connections with people because I don't I, I never got to do that uh, my biggest jealousy is uh, watching uh, teen movies in the 90s where it's always like these uh, these 20 year old people that are going to college or, or leaving college with their friend they've had since they were two and uh, and uh, and all these watching people on TV and people around me who have a connection with somebody in their life that has known them since they were uh, in early grade school. And so they always had that connection and that ease and that friendship and that love and that uh, and that brotherhood or sisterhood uh, where it's just like you knew you had someone in your corner because they've been with you for your whole life. And uh, I 
even now I currently the my best friend is somebody I met when I was 26 and uh, the person I've known the longest I haven't spoken to in nine years wow. so it's uh so it's 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 the worst part about my childhood is that uh, I don't know what it's like to have uh, that small group of friends that is just like so you, you watch movies like The Hangover and stuff where it's like the only reason they're friends they, they have nothing in common but they're friends because they just were always friends. And I don't know what that is. And I'm envious of people who have that. Yeah. Way to bring it down at the end, Tim. Now I'm reviewing. I was going to say, I was like, just question three. Now you're just making me feel real guilty about all my friends. I have. (laughs) No, you should be very happy. I make this podcast. We like quick friends. I make, uh, I, 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 I do all that, but I can't, uh, I can't maintain connections for long periods yeah, of time. Yeah, you're at Norton I, on the I, plane I in restless. a fight club. That's okay. And yeah, on this, uh, on this <laughs> yeah. podcast, a we make a regular friend. habit. Yeah. We make a regular habit on the show of uh, talking about Keith's, uh, like, just like this, you know, really insane white privilege that he enjoyed. Uh, even other white people don't enjoy with his so. summer home. And his uh, not celebrating the holidays on the day of the holiday, you know, and all his friends and his like, you know, beautiful wife. And he's already been, you know, you know, divorced and then he got remarried and all this life experience for young Keith. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, uh, you know, most of his friends are comics and we're all deplorable. So <laughs> it says more about Keith than it does us, I always say. Uh- <laughs> I just I enjoy the moral high grounds. <laughs> yeah that's why we keep us around you, you just like being better than all of us exactly I, I get it Keith, my other group uh, of friends i'm like i'm the trash bag when i hang out with the comics i'm like hey look at these guys but i get it not corber not corber though uh, he's that standing gentleman i have the same thing because it's like uh, all of my friends are like yeah right now during covid it's like well thank god for serb because uh i don't have my uh side gig and uh and no uh no comedy money coming in and i'm like yeah, uh, I found a government gig that pays me way too much money and ends at 3 p.m. So uh, even when comedy was going full force, uh, I could still do it full time because no comedy happens at 3 p.m. It happens after 7 and on weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like I could – so I could perform more often than my friends because like my peers are like – they they can't take every gig because they might have to go. They have to work at the bar that weekend, or they like the the, the clubs. Uh, the, the club they are the doorman at needs them to doorman, so they can't go to Montreal that night. And uh, and so because there's no plan B for them, they're like, I don't need. There's no plan B. This is plan A. I'm going to grind. And I'm like, you know, I'm getting way more work than you because I decided that, that my day. Yeah. I, look, from from seven in the morning to three, you're sleeping or watching TV or doing whatever it is you need to do uh, and wasting your day while you wait for comedy. And I also waste my day while I wait for comedy, but I waste it making videos for the government for a shitload of money. Uh, my seven to three is also a write off. And that's that's one of the things that I learned in life. Uh, uh, somebody taught me because uh, I used to be like, uh, I want to do well at my job. I want to be I thought being defined by your job was a cool thing. It's like if, I, if I'm going to do this job, I'm going to be the best and that's going to be my life. And then uh, and then uh, somebody just said to me, like, look, that's eight hours of your day. And then after that, there's eight hours of your day after that. And then you sleep. Uh, and uh, and then you go around. And the only thing you need to do in your mind is switch which eight hours you focus your life about. And so you can work eight hours during the day, 
But if that is the thing you do while you wait to do the thing you want to do, uh, then when you're doing your comedy after work or writing or doing your show or whatever it is that you want to be doing, if that's your focus, you're still wasting eight hours of your day. It's just you can choose the eight hours that you are working to be the thing that your brain says, this is the unimportant eight hours. So do my work here, show up, do what I need to, get paid. But my focus of my life is the other eight hours. I'm not going to be defined by my job. I'm going to be defined by what I do after my job. And that switch in my brain where it was like, look, you're only focusing on eight hours of your day to define you. Switch which eight hours it is. Yeah. I think Tim, Tim's really flaunting his eight hours of sleep a night, though, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, I mean, Tim, I mean, I agree with you about the day job thing, but comics don't sleep. Come yeah, on. I'm not a comedian, and I still am lucky if I get six or seven, like, tops. Uh, uh, <laughs> but that was very well said, kid. Tim. Especially uh, about the day job thing. I've had a day job throughout my whole career in stand-up, and I've been doing this for a while, and I'm, you know, being successful at it. And um, hopefully it comes back soon and we can continue that march towards. But the grind should include working at something else throughout the day if only because it makes you a better writer and performer because you meet real people it just gives you something to do because it's either you have yeah. a day job or you don't but that eight hours is going to be wasted in your brain you're focused on this other thing and so the other amount of time whether it's sitting at home watching netflix or going into a job and filling out excel forms or loading up a truck with beer kegs or whatever it is you're going to do for the other eight hours, you're going to be doing something else anyway. Make it something that pays your rent. Yep. <clears throat> Just make sure the, – the trick is make sure it's something that uh, you can easily – uh, stop from affecting your important eight hours. It was important to me to get a job that didn't affect my comedy or my writing or any of the other things I did, which is why the government was perfect because they're unions, uh, they're unionized and they're mandated. And it's when I'm done at three, I'm done at three. Uh, they're like, they're, they're like you work from seven to three. If anything needs to happen after three, it can wait till you come back tomorrow morning. Uh, so I had a job like that. Uh, uh you got to find that. So that way you can be like, okay, here, this is what yep. I'm doing until three. And then I go live my real life after that. Get eight Super hours of well sleep said. at night. Okay. You know what, Keith? I mean, a lot of these are you problems. To be fair, a lot of the eight hours of sleep is a nap for a couple of hours before going out to you your gig. son of a bitch, Tim. <laughs> it's <laughs> like you got to find that eight hours because, yeah, you're definitely coming home at like midnight or two and working at seven in the morning. So, yeah. yeah you're, you're, piecing, you're The eight hours is piecemeal for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, question number four, uh, Elspeth. Uh, Elspeth Wright, yeah. Who didn't um, know you were El going to be you. So this is, she uh, did not know. If you had to give yourself a nickname, what would it be? God, I'm going to message her after. I'm not really sure if I like the premise of this question, but go ahead, Tim. We're going to so, answer it. So there were, and there were, <clears throat> there was a few, like we, a kind of a couple of like provisos while we were getting into it. Uh, if you had to give yourself a nickname, what would it be? And they were like, it had to be something that a you you wouldn't mind being called, but also that it like made sense that someone would actually call me that. Because yeah, that's, exactly. that's the real stipulation, right? It's like uh, you can't give yourself a nickname. That's not what nicknames are. Uh, well, I'm, I'm <laughs> someone has to give it to you, which is why I, I've never had one. My nickname forever has always just been Tim. Because yeah. uh, obviously my name's Timothy, so technically Tim is my nickname. But uh, yeah. no, I've never had like a nickname nickname. 
I throughout throughout most of high school, college, and and life in general, I I, I inevitably will give my friends like I don't, they're not even necessarily like nicknames. They're almost like pet names or whatever. Like I'll 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 no one has ever asked me, and he's never said it was a problem. But like I've literally called Chris Chrissy V, and I was like I don't think anyone else has. <laughs> I don't think that's a you thing. But I'm just sort of like hey Chrissy V. Like, that's not even a thing that I heard or whatever. I've called one of my friends <laughs> introduced me to the girl he was dating, who's now his uh, wife and mother of his child. And for some reason, I was like reading a thing and like a birthday or something came up and she was born in 1982. And I was like, that's when Pac-Man came out. I'm going to call you Pac-Man. She's like, that won't stick. That was like 12 years ago. And I still call her Pac-Man. Yeah. Uh, but on the flip of that, I literally have a monosyllabic relatively uncommon names i've never had a nickname coming back because like what's there's not that many keith's and it's keith like you there's you can't you're either adding to it yeah you you're definitely like it's, it. and it's, it's like yeah what are they gonna be you can be the keith meister for a while like what, i had keith meister actually yeah because that's i don't know where that comes from i also got kiefer like sometimes like kiefer sutherland but but for the most part yeah so but it's if you had to give yourself a nickname so if you're writing uh, the semi-autobiographical film of your life, and you're just sort of like, to differentiate this from me, I'm going to give this guy a cool nickname. And, and it could be, like I said, it could be, what was it? Uh, someone like, like feel like, like Hummingbird or like Hummer or like what? Like, like just like something. Yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't call myself Hummer, Keith. No, uh, I'm just, I'm just. Uh, going, I, I, was, example, <laughs> I won't take it. Uh, hey, Hummer, what's up? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to call myself Batman. I, I I don't I don't I don't really have a good answer for this. I think uh, if uh, Game Boy Game Boy Tim, come on now. Uh, no, no, not Game Boy. <laughs> you just said uh, you have two thousand games in your collection. Uh, One hundred and seventy-six. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, I think. Uh, yeah, I think the the issue is like yeah, there's not really anything. But as soon as you said if you were writing a script, and then uh, if I was like okay, if someone is interacting with me in a script as a writer, then. Mm -hmm. uh, Probably I like I like the idea of uh, of uh, of nicknames with last names. Uh, whenever whenever someone but like my favorite nickname in all of media is uh, is Smalls from uh, from Sandlot. Mm -hmm. uh, like fuck, you're killing me, Smalls is is fucking great. And I'm mm -hmm. like, eh. so it's like, uh, yeah. If I had a nickname, probably Reels. I'd like Reels. Like, uh, hey, what's up, Reels? Because uh, uh, my last name Riel, everybody calls me Tim Reel anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's like a, there's like a film and an editing thing in there too, like yeah, uh, and reels and you can do the whole thing there. Uh, yeah, so I guess that that's my cop out answer. I think reels would probably be it, and only because it's uh, it's my last name. And I think uh, last names uh, plays on people's last names are my favorite uh, my favorite type of nickname. But I'll go for Timmy Two Reels. Timmy Two Reels. Yeah, if someone wants to spend that much time saying my name, uh, I'm absolutely up for it. Uh, <laughs> Timmy Two Times. Uh, Timmy Two Times. I'm gonna get the code Timmy name. Two Times. Look at this. Uh, look at Timmy Two Times over here. Timmy Two uh, Times. Too real. Too real. Uh, too real for too legit to quit over here. Uh, uh, <laughs> I've had. Some, no. Uh, before I've, before you move on to uh, the next thing, I want to tell my favorite nickname story. I gave uh, a buddy of mine in college his nickname. And his name was Alex, and he's an amazing human being, and just uh, just just the coolest dude. Uh, but he has uh, he's he's got that uh, disease where you can't grow hair, and so he's got no eyebrows and uh, or facial hair or hair. And so he always had like a baseball cap on, and he's he, he's he's a cool dude, very 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 cool. But uh, one day I was just, we were just sitting down outside uh, having a, having a cigarette outside during a film 
film class. And uh, I looked at him. I'm like, if I if you were cast in a movie, your name would be Billy for sure. Like like if you showed up on screen, your name would be Billy. Like your character would you look like a Billy. And uh, that stuck for all of college. Uh, We just he was just Billy forever, which was weird because it's college. So you got friends outside of college. So when we Mm -hmm. go to parties or see him at the bar or see him downtown, we were like, Billy. And he's like, hey, what's up? And all his friends would be like, who the fuck is Billy? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, So, yeah, I I like that because Billy's not even a good nickname. Uh, It's like it's a good nickname if your name's Bill. But Mm -hmm. for a guy named Alex, Billy is a weird nickname. Yeah, they're, 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 uh, I, and I find like some of the best nicknames are are like that. Like they come out of nowhere. Like one, uh, my wife calls one of her cousins Hester, like, and her name is Jessica. And all the cousins like, and they do it to piss, they like they do it to piss her off. But like it's something that like they picked up in childhood when they were all like uh, like ten, eleven years old, and now they're in their thirties, and it's still like you're like whatever Hester, and she's like, uh, and, like immediately like hits her off, and it's just like that's just. The thing you call her when you want to rile her up. And I was like, what is that? And Sarah's like, I don't know. We just sometimes call her Hester. I was like, <laughs> like, and no one can even like pinpoint the moment because it happened when they were yeah. like 10. <laughs> my just, daughter, my daughter's name is Alexia and her nickname is Aya. So everybody, we call her Aya and everybody calls her Aya. And everybody's like, oh, is that because uh, when her little sister uh, couldn't really speak, she couldn't say Alexia. So she said Aya. And I'm like, uh, kind of, uh, before we even thought about having a second child, we were like, if they have a sibling, are they going to be able to pronounce Alexia or are they just going to say Aya? And then my ex, uh, my, she was my wife at the time, but my ex and I thought that was funny. We were like, oh, if it's an Aya. <laughs> and so we started calling our baby Aya. And so <laughs> our theoretical second child's speech impediment is what gave our first child, the other child, the name, the nickname. And uh, my brother's name is Ben or Benjamin. And uh, his nickname is Bing because uh, when, uh, when we were young uh, to, uh, to just to be fun and silly, my mom would call him Bingaming. Uh, So like Benjamin, but if you like, if you have a cold, you'd be like, come over here, Bingaming. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, uh, so that stuck. uh, And uh, I've called him Bing ever since he was uh, three years old. I have I have a few nicknames that I've been called over the years. Uh, Chrissy V. But Chrissy <laughs> V is what Keith. Yeah, Chrissy V. I got well Buddha uh, for Buddha Chris, which was a, a childhood nickname. Uh, Vindulio, which never stuck, and I was very happy it didn't because uh, it didn't even make sense like schematically with the name. There was Cobra, Anyways. but nobody would agree that that was a good one, and so I was sad. <laughs> no, I kept wanting them no. to call me Cobra, and they never there, did. Uh, there's a list of uh, Walter nicknames that I have, uh, which are uh, all the same variation. Uh, Dad, uh, Big Chrissy Styles, uh, um, Vance, a friend of the show, Vance, calls me uh, the guy, which uh, is just him pumping my ego. Uh, <laughs> You're like, I love it. I love, I love having Vance. Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't the mind. Guy. I, I the only one that I that, that I'm slightly bothered by is Chrissy, uh, just Chrissy, because it makes me feel like a fr- uh, a failure because uh, the most popular Chrissy in pop culture in recent memory was Christopher on The Sopranos, who was that show's biggest failure. Uh, otherwise, people can call me whatever they want. Uh, I big V, I get big V a lot, and I'm just like, oh, clever, yeah, big guy, V last name. 
but my favorite thing to call other people, and sometimes I piss them off, is when I say boss. I always mean it as a term of endearment, like a term of respect. Like, hey, boss, thanks a lot, Tim. Boss, all, all the best, boss man. That's like I'm respecting you. But like older people, like there's a broadcaster in Montreal who's going to name Lameless, but he uh, his name is Ted Bird. Um, <laughs> I called him. I called him boss in a Twitter exchange, and I know Ted. He got so mad at me. He got so mad at me that I called him boss, and I'm like, dude, I wasn't insulting you. If I wanted to insult you, I would have fucking insulted you. Like I was trying to be nice. <laughs> But just a just a play by play here from Elspeth. She also agrees that it was a terrible question, and she's sorry. So, <laughs> wait, the, did you just text her? I messaged her. I'm like, your question made me laugh, but also like trigger anger at the same time. And she's like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I do the reverse of the boss thing. I, I call a lot of people like butter buddy, and I get the same thing of like people like it. Just it's a it's way too familiar, I think, for a lot of people. And I'm sort of like, hey, what's going oh, on, bud? I go. And then and people are like, look at me like, they're like, you don't know me. And I'm like, uh. Yeah, like, what the fuck? What do you want me to call you? Like, what the fuck? Like, the trick to that, and I say the trick to that, and uh, I, obviously I may not know how I'm perceived by everybody I know, but uh, I, 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 to make sure that nobody gets weirded out by how familiar I am, most most of the time I just forget people's names, and so I need to use uh, uh, nicknames or buddy or, or boss hey, man pal. or whatever. But yeah. uh, I, I just, I, I go over board with it uh and it's also yeah. uh so uh if if i'm meeting if if i kind of know you guy or girl and 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 everybody i see uh it's usually pumpkin i like i like pumpkin is is a good one for me just because it is so so inappropriate that yeah. it, it takes clearly, a lot of gravitas to pull that off yeah <laughs> and that it's like okay this is he's clearly being silly or or dumb so uh I, and, and everybody. And so, like, look, what's up, pumpkin? Good morning. Good yeah, morning, sunshine. Good morning, sunshine. Is call... another one for me. I say sunshine. To, I call a lot of people sunshine. Do you do that on the road with comics? Everything. Like, like up yeah, the condo? Standard. Like, hey, good morning, sunshine. And it's fucking. Well, I mean, Len you can Foster. text Lawrence now, but I'm pretty sure that's how. Uh, <laughs> That's how I said good morning to Joey and Lawrence all week in Kingston. It was like, good morning, sunshine. And like, it's 4 p.m. I'm like, it's still morning for me. I can just imagine Tim walking around the condo, just a bathrobe, nothing underneath, the hair immaculately slicked back, like, 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 fuck, like a tea, like a, a cup, a cup of a tea. And like, good morning, sunshine. I'm like, Tim, it's showtime. Like, what are you doing? I was referring to my group of friends as, as babies. A whole bunch, and it took a long time before finally I think it was my buddy John who caught it. I'd be like, I'd walk like up in a room of guys or whatever, and I'd be like, like, hey babies, what's up? And then like, it took like, like hello babies, and like the plural, like it's a group of people. Just call them a, like, just They're like hey babies. babies. And then finally one of my buddies was just sort of like, we're all like, you just came to a room of like thirty, like five or six thirty-year-old dudes, and you just said hey babies, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, we're all babies here. Uh, question number five, flipping the tables on our uh, next guest, whoever that may be. What question do you want to ask our next guest? Uh, something that's occurred to me over uh, over the COVID and the pandemic and the lockdown uh, is uh, you get a lot of moments where uh, there's a lot. I like to call them just silent moments where it's like in the in the before times with the hustle of uh, of shows coming up and writing new jokes and trying to organize uh, your calendar and having the day job and having the family uh, you, the the quiet times where uh, where nothing is happening or few and far between but now that the covid thing was happening uh, i find myself 
there are extended periods of like 15, 20 minutes, half an hour where uh, I'm confused as to what I should be doing and I feel a little bit lost and I'm like, oh my God, there's, I, I feel anxious. Uh, and it's in those moments that my brain, I guess, is just looking for something to do. And I will start thinking about somebody who was vitally important to me uh, uh, for moments in my life and realize that not only have I not spoken to them in a while, but I haven't even thought of them in years. But I will have a vivid memory of them and how important they were in my life. So based on that phenomenon, my question for the next guess is, who have you thought about recently from your past that uh, that you were surprised to realize you had forgotten about? So who have you thought about recently from your past that you had previously forgotten about or that, that, that uh, you realized you had forgotten about? Oh, man, you know, what's funny <clears throat> is that this kind of just happened tonight over dinner with my mom and my sister. I was talking about. An old quasi girlfriend who just had a baby, and 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 I was like, well, hopefully by the time she gets into the divorce, I'll be in my peak, which is my, I'm in a peak in my forties. I keep right. telling people, and uh, but that actually made me think of like other people from like, you know, your not even high school, like just a bit like your teen years, right? Like your because like those. Those 24 years before you become an adult, <laughs> um, depending on your nationality, some Italians go into their 40s. Um, <laughs> it was like, but like before you have like real responsibility in your late teens, those like you were saying before about not having so many friends that you grew up with and that know you like that. Uh, it's a that's a real thing, I think, because it's uh, and this pandemic has. I don't know for for you guys, but like I've randomly called people that I haven't talked to in years just to check in on them because I, a I like to call people. It's like one of my weird old man quirks. But b <laughs> um, I like to talk to people. I like trying to make people feel better. And something that we haven't had very really without comedy is, is that ability to just make people laugh. And I really do enjoy that. That's why I'm a comedian. And that's something that, like, you know, I'll, I'll send a message to people from now and then just to check in on them because we need more of that. We need more people just being nice to each other and, and reaching out when when we're not maybe at our best. And yep, so I hear you. Uh, there's a guy in Toronto uh, who right now is one of the uh, one of the more important people in my life uh, simply because of that. Uh, there's another comic, uh, uh, Sam Norton. Uh, he's an American comic. He's living in uh, Toronto, and uh, he, uh, yeah, he'll he'll text out of the blue and just be like, "Hey, just I was thinking about you. How you doing?" And uh, yeah. and it, it it makes me feel really good. And then also uh, because because I'm an overthinker, because my brain's going a mile a minute, and because I analyze everything uh, to uh, to my own detriment. Uh, I feel very happy and good and loved when he does that, uh, which is soon followed about a half an hour later with uh, regret and guilt uh, that he likely texted me to check on me because he needed somebody to reach out to him and nobody was reaching out. And so he made the first move and then you realize I am not doing enough for the people I love in my life. And then I get sad about that. And then I wish that somebody would text me and make me feel better about how sad I am. It's a, a whole, vicious it's a whole spiral. Yeah, yeah. it's a whole <laughs> thing. Tim, I'll, 
Tim, I can pencil you in for a Vendito checkup uh, on, the, on the 10th. I don't mind doing it. Again, I, I called Lords. We spoke for an hour yesterday just because. Um, so, you know what, Tim? I'll take you up on that. To answer, uh, to answer that question for me, though, as I've just been thinking about the sum total of my high school a lot, that just like it pops up, because I was to the I was in a situation where a, my closest group of friends, we all literally went into liberal arts in Dawson. So it was like the, the oh, graduating. So nobody wanted money. Everybody was like, no. fuck money. Our parents hey. are rich. <laughs> more or less all of the guys were in liberal arts and all of the girls were in early childhood development and women's studies because they right. had fucking money from their parents i grew up in rosemere none uh, of them thought hey petroleum engineering is lucrative no no they all thought dad's got money right. i i ended up working in it for the railroad so i don't know like where something something happened <laughs> that liberal arts degree really really paid off it, in your job it, right Dad. now but yeah, no, but it was like, like the, my like four or five closest friends in high school literally then went on to, into the same college program that I went to in, uh, in Dawson. And then my friends, that circle just stayed my friend circle. And then it became the liberal arts. And like those people are still friends. I'm still close with that same group. But like subsequently, I like almost made a choice to be like the other 95 members of my graduating class don't matter because my immediate friend circle just went with me to this next phase of my life. Why would I maintain any of these other relationships? And I've like forgot about them for the last 17, 18, 19 years, whatever it is. Yeah. And and in COVID time, I've been doing a lot more of like, uh, just like, oh, this person still exists. Like on like, I just think about like a story regarding like one person and then like, oh, I'll go and look them up. And sometimes I reach out, sometimes I don't, depends on the vibe I get off their Facebook. Yeah, when I look <laughs> at their Facebook, if it looks like they're very sad and into math, uh, that's a pass. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, yeah, but if, conversely, if they just bought a house and had the third kid, you know what? Fuck them. They're fine. Yeah, you're doing <laughs> great. Okay. Good for but you. Yeah, yeah, All nice. the best. You know, go fuck yourself. Yeah, like, you'll seem very happy. Yeah, it's weird though, because like I said, I did keep in touch with a good bunch of my high school friends and they, they stayed friends throughout the rest of my life. But then it was just like, yeah, the rest of the, the rest of the entire class just dropped off the face of the earth as like when, uh, June or July, 2020 or not 2020 when June, July, 2000 happened, then we graduated like 95% of my graduating class. I was like, you're not a part of my life anymore. I have these friends. Let's keep going. You graduated in 2000. Yeah. I graduated in 2000, buddy. You know, yeah, I, didn't I go graduated a couple years before that, so we're uh, so Keith and I are both old. You know, I didn't graduate till two thousand two. How do I look older than both of you? <laughs> I mean, I have great I mean, hair. It's, but it's literally just the hair. That's uh, just my hair is doing that. Uh, I moved out really young, and I felt that stopped me from aging. Uh, yeah, I, I the same thing. I started my family as uh, young as I could. Uh, like I said, like uh, I'm going to be forty this year, but my daughter is going to be thirteen. Uh, so it's like uh, I, I, I wanted to. Oh no, having kids keeps me. Uh, it's, it, it's I think it's one. It's one or the other, right? I love it's one having or the my other. kids. Uh, and, and oh, this is. And, and, I'm, so and I'm not, and I'm not saying that it diminishes I'm going to say the plot anyway. of it. I'm saying, but some of them, like, like I have some of my friends who, like, 
literally a couple years into having kids. Love being dads, great dads, but like immediately like you had a full head of hair two, three years ago, didn't you? And you're like, yeah, yeah, it's gone now. I tell you now, it's not the kids. Uh, <laughs> it's been my experience, and this is not a generalized statement, and I do not believe this covers uh, everybody in this demographic. Although deep down in my heart, I haven't met anybody that doesn't fit this. Uh, but I have found that uh, for for the most part, uh, a lot of my guy friends uh, love being dads and they're good at being dads and being dads uh, is something that they that they that excites them. Um, uh, some of them don't, uh, but the ones that don't uh, fall into the category of uh, almost every woman in my life. Uh, every every woman I know, every woman I've dated, uh, they all they all like the idea of being a mother, but actually being a mother is annoying and frustrating and ruining their life. Um, and it's now propagated into everything I see on TV and in movies and in commercials. Everything from a woman's point of view is getting away from the kids or getting that break or I drink because of my kids or it'll be great when my kids aren't there. And I'm like, there's this whole thing where it's like, I love every moment with my kids and the other half of society is like, uh, kids are a burden and I don't get it. And it makes me sad. Uh, I'm not even a parent. I'm not even a parent, but there is that it's kind of like, again, because I'm a bit younger than you boys. My generation, the millennial generation, we're, we're like, we're not having kids. We only if you don't need to. It's like, okay, it's fine. No one's forcing you to have yeah, kids. Yeah, it ruins your day don't, is, is, yeah. the, is the message. <laughs> it's all, it, it is funny, though, Chris, about, about like what, when to have kids, when not to have kids. Uh, my buddy had his first when he was, I think, like 35 or whatever. And he was like, he's like, I then, he's like, and again, him and his wife, both, both amazing parents and whatever but and she was i think like 34 35 also they were both in their mid 30s yeah. when they had their first and then they were just sort of like but then there is something horrible that happens when you realize that biologically you are supposed to have a baby in your 20s because you're like hey remember when you didn't need eight hours of sleep and like four hours was enough and like you could just party all <laughs> night and like go to sleep at 2 a.m and wake up at 6 a.m and it was no problem they were like that's when you're supposed to have a kid because the kid is like waking up at all these weird hours and your body could totally like rubber band bounce back when you have that baby. They're like when you're in your like mid to late 30s and then this kid is like, no, I, I wake up randomly all the time. He's like that first six months to a year, you're not designed to. But and he's like, when I was thinking back, he's like, oh, yeah, that when this would have been no problem when I was 25, 26, like I would have been able to do those weird sleepless nights and not, you know, be like haggard as hell the next day. Yeah. Well, the reason we uh, the reason we had the girls so early, uh, one, I think, is one of the reasons why I'm no longer with uh, with my ex. Uh, But more importantly, the reason that we had them early and why I'm happy we had them early was we were just looking at our life and we're like, okay, what are the things we want to do in life? And what are the reasons that our friends aren't having kids? And Mm -hmm. the reason our friends weren't having kids, because they're like, oh, no, we want to live our youth. We want to live our life. We want to be free to do the things we want to do. And, uh, and we were just looking at our lifestyle and we're like, yeah, I'd love to travel the world. I'd love to do all of these things. Uh, but kids aren't stopping me from doing it. It's mm-hmm. time and money that's stopping me from doing it. I can't fly to Greece because I don't have time off of the, my job at the restaurant. And <laughs> I don't make enough money to go to Santorini next week. Uh, so <laughs> why why am I not having kids for a life I can't have? 
just in case I can have it. Like I, I'm not in a position where I could live my life uh, and do all of those things. But if we have kids now, when we're secure, we have our parents in town. When uh, we have the jobs that will pay, we have the energy to do it. And uh, when my kid is, yeah, my kid's going to be 13 when I'm 40. So let's say she stays in the house until she's 20, 21. I'm still going to be mid 40s when uh, mm-hmm. when I don't have to worry about her anymore. Her sister's only two years younger than she is. So before I'm 50 years old, uh, my kids are going to be self-reliant and doing their own thing. And guess what? Uh, my life has been going up since uh, since before I had kids. I make a lot of money. I'm very successful. I got a lot of side gigs. I'm doing I'm doing very well. And when my kids are no longer in my house, I will be in a place where I can fly to Santorini next week. We're going to Santorini, well, boys. <laughs> to, to the moon we go. Santorini, hey, let's we go. go. Uh, Chris, I think that's uh, that. That's it. Uh, that's it for the show, I believe. Do you have any closing closing thoughts and comments? What we said, we said code names Mondays and Thursdays. Mondays oh, with the rotating cast. You want me to do the cast. whole wrap up? Yeah, let's do the whole wrap up. Uh, Thursdays I'll, I'll do with my the pitch. main cast. Would you like me to to go? Would you like me to go plug myself? Hey, uh, there you go. He said hey. it. He said it. Hey, guys, uh, I'm going to go plug myself uh, every Monday and Thursday uh, night at 8 p.m. on twitch.tv slash Tim underscore Riel. I host a game show called Codenames Live. And uh, the Monday show is the new class where I bring in a variety of people I've met over my years of being an entertainer and uh, and a host for Comic-Con and a stand-up comedian. I bring in actors and comedians and artists and musicians uh, to come play on Mondays. And on Thursdays, I uh, play Codenames with my very bestest of friends, Brendan uh, McKeegan, Logan Avery Cooper, Jason Hattrick, Elspeth Wright, Christina Muehlberger, and Tavis Mapleston. And uh, yeah, it's a fun time and a blasty blast. And uh, we hope everybody comes and watches because we definitely like the chat and the viewers to participate. You guys are a big part of the show. So yeah, come uh, come find me on Mondays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. at twitch.tv slash Tim underscore Real. Awesome Reels. I loved it. Chris, anything you want to want to plug? I guess you have your uh, your 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 sports. You're the betting man now. You're a betting line guy with uh, with Tyler. Yeah, we got we got the Bulldog videos every week. Those are fun. Uh, Walter, Chris, uh, Walter, Reese, and I have our Film Is Dead podcast that will debut once we finish uh, the first season of recordings, which will be soon. And also, if you're looking for a good cry this week, friends, uh, Armageddon is on that new Disney Plus app. Uh, uh, peace, boys. Thanks a lot. Wait, doesn't Keith have to like plug no, himself? I plug this show. That's it. That's uh, the thing I got is this show. So if you're right, listening, well, I already it. got you. <laughs> you hear that, Stella? You hear that? Thanks again for listening. Go plug yourself. As always, a big thank you to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude for providing all of the original music for the show. We mentioned at the beginning of the show that we'd love for you to tell your friends about the show, and honestly, that's all you really need to do. But if you're feeling particularly generous, you can support the show financially and 9to5.cc in general by going to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. You can get early access to every episode of Go Plug Yourself and other perks too. 
Finally, if you or someone you know has a project they'd like to plug on the show, reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook by searching 9to5cc, and we're 9to5cc on Twitter also. If everything works out, you could be the next person to sit down with Walter and I and talk about horror movies or wrestling. And I mean, also the thing that you're trying to plug. 9to5.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.